My topic today is love etern is eternal. There's a reason why I put love. I didn't say love eternal. I said love is what is eternal. But I would like to make a quote uh, from the Great Controversy, page six, seven, eight, and I would like to portray so that we can see what I'm saying. The Great Controversy is ended. Sin and sinners are no more. The entire universe is clean. It says one what? One pulse of harmony and gladness beats through the vast creation. From him who created all, flow life and light and gladness throughout the realms of illimitable. Now, I wonder why she got that vocabulary. That was wonderful. Illimitable what? Space. And what do they say? From the man... My computer said that was wrong spelling, but my newest atom to the what? Greatest world. Animate or what? Inanimate. In their unshadowed beauty and perfect what? Joy. Declare that what? God is love. It's not doing that yet. The whole universe may be doing that except one planet, and that is Earth. And I still believe. If Earth were the size of Jupiter, I don't know how human beings would be boasting how big our planet would be. See how much we boast, even the little tiny thing we have. Love is what is eternal. I'll make this statement now, and it will be the end. When we want to go to the new kingdom, when God comes again, we should know we are going to say God is what God is love. If you are not going to to join that chorus of God is love, you rethink where you are going, because that's what the whole universe is talking about. In the whole universe, everybody else is saying God is love, except who? The devil and his demons. So I'm not talking about human beings there, you know what? I'm talking about the devil and what? His demons. They say, no, he's not love. Now, love is eternal. When you have something and you don't appreciate it, you don't understand it. We used to have pots when I grew up in Zambia. The only thing I knew how to bake bread, you know, from wheat, was I made one dig into the ground, make it hot, put something on top, or in the oven. And even when we did honors as pathfinders, that's how I knew. Until I went to a tiny country called Lesotho in southern Africa. I learned that you can make bread on the fire pot with a little fire. I never knew that. And when one of my classmates says, I'm going to bake bread, I said, where's the oven? And where is the, where, where is the, where is the what, where is the, we don't have butter, we don't have anything. She said, I'll do one. I remember, and I was curious, I went to my room, I came back, I looked. This lady, something's wrong with her. What is he doing? And she finished. I looked at the bread. It tastes so nice. I said, how did you make it? How did you make it? All along I've been having pots the rest of my life. I never knew how to do what? To make bread. It is something that is there, but we never know its value. God's love is eternal. It's always there. Sometimes we think it's not there because of the problems we face or because of the learned habits that are there in our lives. That love never ends. And before I can go forward, because I want to get excited and talk about love, this message has been hitting my head for a long time. So I want to get, it's like, let me just say it and get over with it. Last time I talked to you about God's love in any word, any language. God's love can be translated in any language. 
And it has principles. One of the principles I said, when God so loved the world, he did not mean Zambia. The world is not what? Zambia. The world is not Zimbabwe. The world is not America. The world is not the West. The world is not Philippines. The world is the earth with everybody there. Every human being to the greatest, to the smallest. And he confers that value. If we fail to recognize that, we will never enter the joy of God's love. Second point I made was, love your neighbor is what? You love yourself. Those are the principles. Love God with all your heart, all your might. If you forget that principle, you never enter the joy of God's love. Last but not the least, God gave us the principle, do unto others what you want. You want to do them to you. We forget that as human beings. We have very short memory. The Israelites when said, love your neighbors yourself, who is our neighbor? So they were in the Old Testament, they are talking about the Egyptians. No, we, we, we were never there during the slavery of Egyptians. We, we, we were just here, so who is my neighbor? Human beings forget. And God still reminds us, whatever you want to do to others, them to do to you, do to what? To others. You want them to respect with value? Treat them with value. Today, the infinite value of God's love. God's love is what? Eternal. God is inviting us to step into the realm of eternalness or everlasting. Love is what? Is eternal. I'm a bit, not myself, because I delayed to sleep. Last night in the evening with the men here, I just got a phone call. A young man who was my age, we sang together. I was hoping to see him this time I'm coming, going there in August next month. He just died last month, uh, yesterday, just through accident. I, I couldn't be myself. I, I don't, didn't want to be tearful, but the whole night, the tears were just coming down. I didn't have the answer, but I had to deliver the message that God is what? His love. God doesn't change his love for us. We all have been given this gift, which I want to look at. And this gift, freely, so that we can share with one another. This gift is to make this life which we live in today, reminding us that this world we are living in is a world of temporalness. This young man I'm talking about, he came from a difficult background. But he worked himself through. He became a policeman and he was even deputy of commissioner for his, that capital city. And now I think he was going on a promotion. They sent his luggage where he was supposed to go. And he was supposed to go and join his luggage the next time. And he dies in the capital city. Now people are saying, his luggage is there, but he dies here. Now you ask yourself, I was asking myself a lot of questions. If I was in his shoes, I would ask myself, what have I achieved through the little time I've been on earth? Was it acquiring the wealth or touching people's lives? We have talked, we have seen the funeral of Michael Jackson still. But everything reminds us we are on this earth, but for a short time. There's temporariness on this earth. There's pain on this earth. 
and where do we invest most of our time? Some people say, well, don't talk about love, we know love about it. But it's love that is always going to be there. Every thing else on this earth will go, but love will go on from here to heaven. That gift of love used to be part of our nature. Adam and Eve, when they were created, they didn't need to be told love because it was part of our nature. But when they sinned, love became a foreign. We even call it a gift. We have to receive it from God. What is this gift? Love is patient and what? And kind. It's not jealous, conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not hurt with evil, but is hurt with truth. Love never gives up. Its faith and its hope and patience never fail. Last but not the least, love is eternal. A translation. Love is eternal. So my discussion on love is eternal is three points I'll make, and I'll make them as quickly as I can. The first point is God wants us to move away, to step out of our temporalness and death into the realm of eternalness and everlasting. Now, the second point I want to make is, God willing, I'll make it, our love influences our attitude and actions. And it's going to be the standard on which we are going to be judged by God. Don't take love lightly. Love is going to be the standard on which God is going to judge us. Because it's his character. Last but not the least, it's new every morning. God is eternal. Has no beginning or end. We live in the world of beginning and the end. Isn't it? We wake up in the morning and the day comes. There was life, there's death. We are used to it. That's the realm we live in and that's our reality. And that's how we think life is. But God has no beginning and has no what? Has no end. He's a self-existent one. And when we say God is love, it means that love is what? Is eternal. That love is based on principles and laws of God which govern the universe. When the creatures are in harmony with God, there's life, there's joy, there's peace. Not only between God and his creatures, but between the creatures themselves. Everything was alright until one day one of the creatures decided, I'm going to break out of there. And that was Lucifer. I'm just relating this story because you know it. And he became who? Satan. Came and deceived our first parents, and now we broke away from the realm of eternal living to what? To temporariness. So our earth is like what we call in the hospital an isolation world, where issues have to be dealt with, and when it's over, they join back the what? The rest of health. Earth, look at what we are doing to each other today. As human beings, we are killing each other, we're, there is a lot of problems on earth. We demean one another, we undermine one another, we do a lot of things to each other. And in the end, we even kill one another using death as a weapon, and we brag about it. 
The death caused by human beings on each other is more than the disasters of the world, even worse than the tsunami. But the ultimate reality, God had to step in and say, look here, you need love. Love that can bring you back from the temporalness into the what? Eternal. You want to taste how to live the life of eternal life. Love as God loved. He wants you to get into it. We are used to time. People we are running, even at work, we are running this way. Even when I'm about, sometimes my patient looks at me. Are you knocking off? Because he can see that I'm restless. I'm looking after the patient, but I'm looking at the time. And he's, are you all right, sir? Yeah. Are you out? It has been a long day. You know the English are very polite. He's not saying, well, why are you looking at me? You are caring for me. Why are you looking at the time? But she says, oh, it's been a long day, isn't it? Ah, and I'm sorry, it's just the pain here. I so, said, well, I have to deal with the pain here and help this patient. But the important thing I've realized in my life is, am I just doing this on a mechanical basis or am I conferring God's love to this patient? That in the end, she'll feel that she has been cared for as a person, as a human being, valued by God. Not just treating the pain and it becomes a conflict because at the end, I need to go home, go to the family, we have meetings, everybody's running around. And your bosses are coming. Can she get out? How is she? It's a problem. Everybody looks like, well, are we meeting our target? We, are, live, we live in the world of beginning and one and end. But one day, we'll go into the realm of God where there's no time. God is forever. It's timeless. That's why the love will never end of God. So no matter how you feel sometimes that you are in trouble, whatever it is, His love for you hasn't changed. Stand on that love and watch Him deliver. We become impatient. We become so restless. A calm mind is a health mind. Calm mind that trusts in God. God exists before any human being existed or any creature. But there existed three persons in what? In one. That relationship is based on what? On love. And that's why they want creatures to join into that fellowship of the three persons in one. That love. That has been holding the universe together. So, don't deprive yourself of that privilege. By being focused on temporariness and death. Improve to stand. God does not want to be called a king, whatever you want to call him, but you'll find him as the author of life. He's the one who can come down to your level and say, can we share in this eternal love? Love that never ends. Love that finds ways of different ways of expressing itself. The last but not the least in this one, uh, David Ross wrote, in ancient Greek, the language in which the New Testament was written had three words. Eros, the sexual passion we feel for another person. Philos, a, le a less tense feeling for affection or friendship. The third one is agape, which I try to, to explain that that one can be translated in any word and language. It's God's father love for all what? Humankind as well as our love for God. Agape also denotes our feeling of loving kindness towards all other people, even those we do not know. Whereas erotic love involves possession of its object, agape is a love that gives with no expectation of anything in return. 
and we have a confusion of the two most of the time. So why did Paul focus on this? Because the church of Corinthians was a sophisticated church, brothers and sisters. It wasn't a simple church. Quoting from one of the book, one of the ladies wrote this. I found it true. It's, the book is written for men, but the writer is a lady. So it's very interesting to hear what she said. Quoting, Paul wanted mankind to learn about this God's love. But let's hear what this lady, the people in the church of Corinthians were smart and sophisticated. And they had lots of problems. Most notably, the spirit of divisiveness. They argued over who was the best leader. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 12. They argued over who was the most spiritual. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3. They argued over who was the most, what were the most important of all the gifts. They argued about the role of women in the church services. They argued over whether Paul was worthy of respect. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10. Paul scolded them and even begged them to be united in love. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. And he used the spirit of con contentiousness as an opportunity to teach them about God's plan for us. He reminded the Corinthians that each one of us has unique gifts. 1 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28. Everyone's gifts are needed to complete the body of Christ. The third one, we aren't to compare the value of our gifts. We aren't united because we just like each other, but because we love one another. That is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 32 to 32, 30 to 30, 13 to 1, the chapter I'm just reading here. Paul continued to remind the church that he was sent to tell the good news for the glory of God. That's why we're singing that song, To the cross, the cross, be my what? My glory ever. If we forget that, we'll forget why we're on this world for. He sends us to tell the good news and to tell you that using human wisdom in order to make sure that God's word, death on the cross, is not robbed of its power. Now, what love is this one? The second one is our attitude and actions. It's not about our feelings. It's our attitude and what? Our actions. When Paul was teaching about love, he was telling them, not only Paul, Peter, John, all said the same language. It said, treat people with value. doesn't matter whether they are poor, rich, or anything. Uh, recently, one of the doctors trying to do any uh, research in the NHS, because they've seen that some nurses, they look after patients in NHS. But they've seen that there are some patients when they go private, they tend to see if it's like some nurses and other health workers tend to be giving more attention to more of the private patients who give money than they don't. So they want to find out the research whether it's true. The, as NHS workers, do we give love to our patients or we just, when we hear it's going to be paid more by this patient coming, we are going to be nicer to them? I don't know how they'll conclude the research. It's a good one. But let's define love and make it a bit more practical. I know one man who defined it, Alexander, uh, Richard Nees, he passed away now. He used to discuss issues of marriage and love. He said it's to treat somebody with value even when you don't feel like it. I want to say it, to treat somebody with a dignified value even when you don't feel like it. Because love, which God commands us, is not based on how we feel. And he's not going to judge us on how we felt. He's going to judge us by our actions and our thoughts. God, human being is valuable both by creation and by what? By redemption. And God demands us to treat people with value and dignified value 
Even when we don't what? Feel like it. There are times when you come from work, you are so tired, our children especially, they bear the blunt of the worst of the day because we give the best at work when we wake up early in the morning. And when we come back, we are so tired and we give the worst to our children. Our children should understand that we are coming from work. Or our partners. I don't feel like treating with value today. And that's it. Okay. God says, if it feels good to treat him like that with value, do it. But even when you don't feel like it, do it anyway. There are people who may be irritable in our lives who can cause a lot of pain. They are like a walking bruise. <laughs> but treat them with dignified value anyway. It's not how you feel about it. It's how God sees the value in that person. And that's what's causing problems on the earth today. We have prejudiced, a lot of people with prejudice today, which is a problem. Some racial, they attack one another. It's a problem. doesn't matter. I'm telling you, I come from a country with 73 languages. It doesn't matter. I know a person will love you despite whether you come from the same ethnic group or not. As long as they know you have human value. And Christ expects us to go beyond how we feel towards people and act and treat them the way he values them because he died for them and he created them. Who are we to tell them they don't have value when God says they have value? If God, the master of the universe, says they have value, who are you to say they don't? Christ worked throughout his life to break down prejudice. No human power alone can overcome it. People can make laws, my friend. It can't. Ellen White says this prejudice was created not by mere flesh and blood, but by the principalities and powers, and in the wrestling of his wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of the world. So you know prejudice wasn't originated by God. Where does it come from? The big cabinet of the devil. But it is subtle. It's not just plain. What did God say to people when you meet your enemies in the Old Testament and in the New Testament? It says Exodus 23 verse 4 to 5 If you happen to see your enemy's cow or donkey running loose take it back to what? To him. He never said leave it because your enemy God is punishing him. No. Take it back to what? To him. If his donkey has fallen under his Lord help him get the donkey of its feet again. Don't just walk off. It's God saying the Old Testament. People say oh God was saying the Old Testament I for an eye. Yes but when it came to practical love your enemies. Now, he's not saying help your, your enemies donkey if you feel like it. Whether you feel like it or not, do it. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a what? A drink. You know the verse, isn't it? Yeah? Proverbs 22, 25, verse 21 and 22. You know what it says. Brothers and sisters, we know, brother, you know that. But you know human nature. Yes. The human nature is a dark one. We are walking in the light here. The light says, if your enemy is thirsty, give him not milk, but water to drink. 23 of Proverbs, the 17 and 18. Don't be glad when your enemy meets a disaster. We always do that. Some people keep quiet. We don't want to say really that we are so... Oh, God, you know somebody say, oh God, you know, answers prayers. <laughs> I said, what did God answer? But God answers prayer, my brother. Yes, what happened? You know the person who used to trouble me on my head? Yeah, he just made a bad disaster. I don't want to say that I'm happy about it, but you know, ah, at last, justice has been done. No, the Bible does not say that. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 17, 18, don't be glad when your enemy meets disaster and don't rejoice when he stumbles. Nowhere it says that. I think you, have, you may find a new Bible for that. The Lord will know if you are gloating and you will not like it. Now he won't even know. He knows you already. That's human nature. When somebody has fallen, we gloat about it. In the book, Thoughts of Mount of Blessing, it says, In the gift of his son for redemption, God has shown high value and he places upon every human soul. And he gives no man, did you hear what Ellen White says? He gives no man liberty to speak contemptuously of another. We shall see faults, weaknesses in those about us, but God claims every soul as his property, doubly by creation and by purchase of precious blood of Christ. All were created in his image, and even the most degraded are to be treated with respect and tenderness. God will hold us accountable for even a word spoken in contempt of one soul for whom Christ died, laid down his own life. It doesn't matter whether Saddam was saying or Gaddafi, it doesn't matter. God laid down his life for him and you don't have the right to treat them like them. You demonize or do anything. God doesn't enter our modern politics. God loved so well that he gave evidence that whosoever believes in him, it doesn't matter whether it's Robert Mugabe or whatever, be careful what you say because God is going to hold you accountable for it. Treat them as God would like them to treat them to you. And it's a serious issue, brethren. It has nothing to do with politics. God goes beyond politics. He's the master of the universe. And when he comes, he will judge us. And we'll be ashamed for some of the things we are doing and saying. Last but not the least, my topic, new every morning. Jesus said, such will be the spread of evil that many people's love will do what? Will grow cold. You know the verse? Matthew 24, verse 12. And Jesus even asked, but will the Son of Man find faith on earth when he comes again? I had a friend. <laughs> um, during our teenage years, um, not teenage years, early years, when we used to go around and we see people. And I said, oh, that person used to like you very much. He said, but hey, you no longer like me today. What happens? He said a word which was nice. My wife knows it in Sisoto. To sleep is to change your mind. <laughs> I slept and I've changed my mind. You are no longer in my books. Okay. God's love never changes. It's new every morning. It finds ways of expressing itself to show the value that you have. And that's why when God does it to us, we say, this is wonderful. Yes, it's wonderful to us, but that is his nature. Because we are living in the world of temporariness, our love begins. And what does it do? It ends. I think uh, he knows the song. I don't know if Lungo knows the song. Uh, Obed must know the song. We sing it as chorus. At home, you know these choruses, we always say they're stupid ones, but they, are, they tell something. People hear pastors, just stop in Africa, in Zambia, for example. We don't want those choruses, but they speak the truth. They always say, God's love, Luyando or Lurielato, Lupat, Lupat. God's love is what? Wide and wide and big and big, isn't it? We even put our arms like this, hey, it doesn't end there, man, God's love. And what about the human being? Becomes narrow. It becomes small, yeah? And God's human love? We shan't. And then we end up saying, human love? And then in the end, what happens? 
Yeah, it gets finished. Because we live in the world of temporalness. Well, I used to love him, but I no longer I'm here. I used to love her. Don't talk about her in my deep presence, please. It's, oh, oh, okay. That's human love. It begins and what? It ends. Oh, we have a new beginning. I find new happiness. No, you haven't. When the love ends, where do you get it enough to love somewhere else? And so what? You have to go to the source of love. The source of love, which is fresh, everyone. Every morning. Do you know the verse? Lamentation 3 verse 22. The Lord's unfailing love and mercy will continue. Fresh as morning, as sure as the sunrise. You want to love. And always loving, spend time with God. And the source will never end. And that's what he wants us to do. God who is everlasting, it says. And I like this man. I was asking some people, what never changes? I said, there's only one thing I was talking on my word. That grows as you become physically older. And that's love. And this person says, love is a really an ageless thing. It's the only thing that can grow stronger and stronger even as our bodies grow what? weaker and weaker. Some of the youngest, most joyous and loving spirits I know live inside bodies that are old, weak and damaged. It's like we can grow younger and more joyous on the inside while our bodies are growing older on the what? On the outside. The key, of course, is love. No gray hair, wrinkles or weak muscles has ever taken the glow of someone's eyes who has love in their heart. If you say I'm lying, I've seen it. When I introduced Flora to my village that I'm going to marry, because they expected somebody else, went, oh, this is the one. They looked at the picture. The lady, my grandmother, she knows her. She said to me, oh, that's nice. These young girls of nowadays. But anyway, If you are going to be excited in five years' time, as you are now, then I know you found the right person. Even said ten years. They are asking me, am I excited? <laughs> we have passed more than ten years, isn't it? When we went there, <laughs> the only reason why we can still love, because we are in touch with the fountain of what? Of love. The Bible says, the Lord is the everlasting. He created all the world. Yes, he never grows tired or what? Or weary. No one understands his thoughts. He strengthens those who are weak and tired. Even those who are young grow what? Weak. Young men can fall exhausted. But those who trust in the Lord will do what? Will find their strength renewed. They will rise up with the wings of like what? Like eagle. They will run and never get what? Weary. And they will walk and never get what? Grow weak. You want to know how to love for a long time? Spend time with the Lord and follow His principles. Not how you feel because it's fallen nature. Say, so, yeah, I love and I have too much jealousy, yes, but it's not part of love. My Bible says jealousy is not part of love. If you are going there, you know that it's human nature, it's insecure. Don't go there. They follow what God says and you'll be alright. The last man on the list. The Sun newspaper talked about great leaders in history just before the invasion of Iraq in 2003 to overthrow Saddam Hussein. And on the list there, I think Jesus Christ was put like number three or number four. I looked at said, oh, he's number one. So they come to the world, Jesus Christ is not the big one. But to me, brethren, is the one I present to you today. When I call you, 
is because I'm presenting you Jesus of Nazareth, whose vision spanned more than his ethnicity and his nation. It went throughout the world. Looking at his education and his background of the village of Nazareth, I always wondered where he got this wide vision. Because his vision of the world is much wider than any nation today. Even our comp- well, look at the news today. When they read the news, you wonder, is this the world or is this the world news? By the time they finish, you'll find 90% of the world is not covered. Our image of the world is so narrow and minute compared to the image Jesus had if he was just a common person in Nazareth. And looking at his education, where did he get this broad vision? And one of the reasons that makes me believe he's a messiah was this very vision he had. Because no matter where you came from, you felt valued and dignified in his presence. All cultures and peoples on the world can intimately, I'm telling you, and strongly relate to him. You can take Jesus to any culture today. They will find he relates to them. Any language. Reading from history of the gospel, he passed, wherever he passed, he left broken hearts mended and healed. Prejudice broken and relationships cemented. Meaning to those who had meaningless provided. Purpose reestablished. While there was pain and sadness, he replaced it with joy and peace. Illness and sickness, he replaced it with health and tranquility. Hatred, he replaced it by love. Mental torture, demons, witchcraft, fear, replaced by courage, sane minds, hope and triumph. This is the man I want to present you today. Even in the presence of his enemies, who cast stones and hatred and despise and betrayal, contempt and death to them, how did he respond back to them? with pity, sympathy, compassion, love, forgiveness, and even he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, I always tell my children, if I was the one, the first person I would have appeared to was Caiaphas, all my enemies to know that, you know that you killed me, here I am. Just to give the mental torture. He didn't do that. When he rose from the dead, he went to his disciples, tell my love, start preaching here in Jerusalem, to the very people who crucified him. That's the man I'm presenting to you. He's the man who spans all ages. In other words, you can't say that he's old. He was born 2,000 years ago. His value can relate to any person of all ages. That's why we call him desire of all, all ages. Whether you lived a million years here or a million years to come, Jesus will still be so meaningful to your life. Is there pain in your life today? Do you feel unloved? Do you feel uncared for? God cares. His love is eternal. Do you have hatred? Or confusion. Are there people you don't want to talk to? Or are there are people you feel you can't you can't even live next door to? If you can't live next door to each other here, you know that we are going to heaven. Where are we going to live? <laughs> Do you feel there are people who cause you so much pain in your life? You even call them those are a cancer. There are people who say those are a cancer. Christ can heal you. That the pain they cause you won't be any pain, but you will cause you to be more loving towards them. Today, please, let's come to this man who can relate to all the people, of all the people, diverse cultures. He can heal you. He can mend you. Don't be bound by temporalness. If our church has to go forward, I know our church here, Cambridge is always nice. There are no people who hate each other, you know? Everyone here loves each other, isn't it? Yeah, here people, they don't have problems with one another. 
when they work together, they work in harmony with all the love. But if we have such problems, brothers and sisters, who should come in our hearts? Jesus Christ. And what he tells us, we should not say, but. Don't worry about the but. He will deal with the buts. He wants you to do with the do's and the trust on his word. 